I'm Maddie Orton, and you're listening to the Jersey Arts Podcast. Andrew Lippo's musical, The Wild Party, is a night of music, dancing, drugs, deception, and that's only act one. This is one of my all-time favorite shows, so it was a pleasure discussing the Eagle Theater's upcoming production with producing artistic director and show director Angela Longo. The history of this musical is really interesting. It's based on a previously censored narrative poem from 1928 by the same name. If you don't know, The Wild Party actually has not one, but two musical adaptations that both opened in New York City in the year 2000, just months apart from each other. And while this version never made it to Broadway, it has developed quite the cult following. A quick content warning, this episode mentions substance abuse and domestic violence as they relate to the plot. Without further ado, let's dive right in to The Wild Party. Angela, thank you so much for joining me today. You know, I could talk about The Wild Party all day long, so I'm like very excited we get to do this. (laughs) Yeah, me too. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. So you are the producing artistic director of Eagle Theater? Yep. So what does that entail exactly? Tell me a little bit about what you do and uh, what Eagle Theater does. So Eagle Theater is a small professional theater and we're in Hamilton, New Jersey, and it's been uh, producing theater for about 10 years. I've been in this position for the last two-ish years, and while in this position, we produce main stage productions that are ranging from musicals to small plays, and we produce all types of one-off events, drag shows, comedy events, small cabarets, and the New Jersey Fringe Festival in the summertime. We're very involved in the community and making sure that there's arts going on in all of the town events as well. And then we also have an educational conservatory program, which functions year-round as well, too, and has a summer camp program for students of all ages to be able to perform in theater um, extracurriculars. And it, it's a labor of love, I will say. <laughs> That's fantastic. I, I So I went to Eagle Theater uh, several years back now, um, when it was pretty new, and I just love that space. Mm-hmm. It's so intimate. What was it originally? It was originally a silent film theater. Oh, that's fantastic. Back in like the 1920s, and it was used and altered in very different functions throughout the century of its existence, um, and now is going strong as a theater but it's like about 150 to 200 seat that house and the space is flexible so we can be really innovative and creative with our seating and what kinds of productions we want to do in there because it is intimate um but it also allows us to have like i don't know more engaging productions with our audiences too because we have that kind of close interaction with them too and it kind of creates this kind of communal vibe with our audiences too which i think many of our patrons really enjoy because they feel like they're really experiencing the shows rather than just observing and watching them. Like they feel like they're a part of them too. Oh yeah. And I I think there's no bad seat in that house. Yeah, exactly. Really Mm -hmm. nice. Mm -hmm. The other thing I love about Eagle Theater is that you guys often do shows. And I think this was part of the original mission, maybe not so much the mission of the theater, but Mm -hmm. just a byproduct. Mm -hmm. I feel like there are shows that you do at Eagle Theater that I, um, it's very hard to find anywhere else. Yeah. 
Yeah, we are typically drawn. Sometimes it's just by like our space and our capacity, but to shows that um, don't get done very often. And yes, part of it is because of like budget limitations and space limitations, but it's very artistically fulfilling too to be able to work on shows that like you haven't seen somebody's version of before. So you can really put your own stamp on it too, which has been exciting for Wild Party because it does not get produced a lot. And also um, we're not really trying to like, uh, make everyone happy like we're just trying to like tell stories that we're interested in and hopefully that's um, mutually like reciprocated by our audiences like when they can feel that there was passion and um, heart put into the productions then they get to feel that rather than like you know it it can be like um, exciting to do a show that's like you know well known and done on Broadway um, or done in like every regional theater but it is really exciting when you get a chance to see a show that doesn't get produced very often and then it's a unique experience because that's what life's about like you you want to you want to see something new you want to try something different um, it's a risky thing I always say like uh, an audience choosing to come see a show is like they are really committing to <laughs> to an evening like that's four hours of your night you drove to the theater you had dinner you got to the show and then you sat there and then you've committed you might not know anything about the show but once you're there you're like oh I gotta buckle in for this um so I understand like taking a risk on seeing a, a lesser known show is it's risky it's like hopefully you enjoy it but I do think that Eagle is pretty successful in making sure that no matter what you see there you're going to enjoy it whether you've known the title or not oh for sure and mm -hmm. I think that there are probably like super theater nerd tourists who are like, I I will travel an hour and a half to see yeah. a production of something I haven't been able to see before. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm sure there are other people like me who are like, oh my God, this is my opportunity to see mm -hmm. the Andrew Lippa version of Wild Party, you know, mm -hmm. get in the car, we're going. Yes, yes, yeah. Let's talk about Wild Party. Let me just first off say I love this show. This was my first college production, so it's like near and dear to my heart. I met one of my best friends in the whole world doing this show. Oh, really? And I listened to this uh, original cast recording, like just an inappropriate amount. I love it. I just think it's so good. <laughs> it is. It's really impressive. Like the music, it's just like you're always like, I'm always wondering, I'm like, how do these people sustain and sing this show every single oh. night? <laughs> um, but it, it is a really unique show. It's um, taking really interesting source material, which made it into like a very unique uh, format for a musical, I think. it's It lives in this world of it's like it's kind of a concept musical, um, mm. but it's also a book musical. And it kind of goes in and out of that. Um yeah, it's it's really unique and it's really cool. And the characters have a lot of meat and a lot of depth to them. But also it just serves alone as like just like a score that you can just like listen to and when they like jam along in the car too. like, especially oh, yeah. that original cast recording, just like listening to Tay Diggs. I'm like, I could do that all day. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so for people who aren't, you know, familiar with the concept behind all of this, you know, the wild party was a and I haven't right here. I'm holding it up. People can't see it on the podcast, but I'm holding it up to show you that I that I do own this. Um, it was a long narrative poem by Joseph Moncure March. You know, the story behind this is, uh, well, why don't you tell me? Do you want to give us a quick synopsis without giving away anything yeah. important? Uh, let me try to do this. So it is <laughs> centered around uh, 
a couple, Queenie and Burrs. So Queenie is a vaudeville dancer and Burrs is a vaudeville clown. And they have this very lusty relationship. Um, and they're very attracted to each other. And their relationship is quite toxic. And Burrs is uh, quite aggressive towards Queenie. And so uh, the show starts off with this kind of explosion of their relationship where they've had one too many drinks, things have gone awry, and he lashes at her, and her impulse is to get back at him because in this t- toxic relationship, she is trying to find a way out of it. And so she says, I'm going to throw a party, and I'm going to get back at him, and we'll see if that that rekindles the flame in our relationship and gets us back to that how we started, that first, like, exciting attraction that they both had originally and see if it brings us back to that. I don't agree with this behavior, but it's that is how this show starts. Um, and uh, the the night ensues. They invite other people and um, someone comes along named Mr. Black who uh, shows Queenie a different side of what romance and love could look like. And mm. so her original plan has shifted once she meets him. And then of course, Spurs is not happy. So we see how that progresses throughout the production. Um, obviously oh. at a, at a 1920s prohibition party, they are, there's this underground CD group and they are living, living large at this party and it's called wild party for a reason. <laughs> um, and, <laughs> and it has a very dramatic ending. I will say that I cannot. Yeah, it's, oh my God. Yeah. It is mm-hmm. so, um, so fun. I will say a couple things, you know, if you're planning to go to this, maybe not a kid show. For it sure. is not. Like, we we sure. were like, it may be like an 18 and up show or, you know, just make sure, make sure you've read the yeah. content warnings on our website before checking it out, I would say. For sure. Mm-hmm. And there's, you know, to be super transparent, it's domestic violence, it's drug and substance abuse, uh, sexual content, mm-hmm. uh, Probably harsh language, although mm-hmm. I don't remember. Yeah, there's some harsh language as well, too. Yeah, pretty much mm-hmm. any content warning you can have is on this show. Exactly. Um, but I think that it it um, really leans on all of this to sort of capture this experience um, in a way that's really interesting. The, the original off-Broadway cast, Julia Murney is Queenie, Brian Darcy James as Burr, um, Tay Diggs as Mr. Black and Adina Menzel as Kate. Like, mm-hmm. oh my God, ridiculous cast. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other sort of beauty of this show, I think, is that it's such a, like a true ensemble show. And it so is. much of it yeah. is about just meeting these crazy characters that these people are friends with, which I think must be so fun for your cast. It's, it's so fun. And I come from uh like a strong devising background and so i got to when casting the show i got to cast people who i was like oh these people will create a character and they will tell a story like they these are like really smart actors that we got to cast in every single role so we have a cast of 10 we did dwindle it down a little bit with our casting and every single character is like has a strong story and like Mm -hmm. contributes a lot to the show and really just tells us a lot about this world and and the experience of these characters like every single ensemble member contributes to the show like there is no weak link in this group and it's just very strong and it's very dynamic and 
and I keep on like bringing up this example of like to an actor, I'll be like, yeah, um, you're going to bring her this prop. And so like that could just be like a very ordinary uh, direction that I could give an actor, but like (laughs) an actor will like be like, great, you want me to bring her a prop? I'm going to do a forward somersault and I'm going to like hand it to her on my left foot and I'll do a back bend into a split. And it's just like, it's insane. Like they're just the most creative people and like the most easy people to direct. And, uh, but it just makes for like this whole like explosive community party experience. It's, uh, it's a blast. One of the really interesting things about The Wild Party is that there are actually two different musicals, both named The Wild Party, that came out like the same year or close to the same year, mm-hmm. um, which is just sort of like from a musical theater history perspective, really interesting. And this yeah. particular version, the Andrew Lippa version, never actually made it to Broadway, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I think we talked about this too, that it has this like kind of like cult following like people are like very obsessed with the lip of virgin um but yeah when it became public domain the the book length poem just so happened that look you say and um uh lipa both took this source material and created two very different interpretations of the of the poem but use those same characters and there's a couple of songs that you're like oh that sounds like eerily familiar (laughs) <laughs> like there was this amazing source material that became public domain. So it's only only natural that it happened in this way in some ways. So the source material becomes public domain and Andrew Lippa, composer, and Michael John Lacusa, also composer. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, I mean, they must have been writing this show at the exact same time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the Lippa version goes off Broadway. The Lacusa version goes to Broadway. Mm-hmm. Um and the Lippa version never makes it to Broadway, which mm-hmm. is to me like, I mean, just such a it's crazy. Sure, and it pro- and it probably could have if the Lacusa one hadn't hadn't been already <laughs> on its trajectory. So who knows? But I do think it's it's been successful in some ways in the in the regional theater uh, industry, I guess. But it is Definitely. it is it is a risky show to just like let go out into the into the world of varying directors. It's it's a difficult show to produce and to direct. So I I am always like, whew, this show is just available for people to like pick up and take with them. It's like it's like one of these things that I'm like, ooh, I'm holding on to this like very delicately. I'm like, I care very much that this show gets taken care of and that the audience feels taken care of and that the cast feels taken care of when they experience this show. The other really great thing about the show is just the, to me, I think the music is just so fabulous. There was actually, I remember years ago, and I'll throw a link in the uh, description if I can find it, but So You Think You Can Dance, I think did like a version of the song Wild Party. Oh, really? And I was like, oh, this is just so great. The music is just, it's just great. It is. I do think the Lippa version has a lot of great elements of like mirroring vaudeville um, Mm. and, and just really leaning into that, like kind of circusy cabaret style music. So we did want to lean into that in our production. So we set it backstage of a vaudeville house. Like we're really leaning into that. And so like even uh, in the number of the wild party, which is sung, 
in the script, it's written that it's sung by these two characters named Phil and Oscar, who are these composers. And like, so they're like ready to like put on a show for everyone. And so in our production, <laughs> somewhat due to um, budget restrictions, but we did cut down the casting so that uh, our Oscar is actually a, a puppet. And so Phil is, oh my um, <laughs> so Phil is a, uh, like a ventriloquist performer. And so he's like a puppeteer and he has his like, uh, his <laughs> ventriloquist was puppet um so it's it's so fun it's like a delight and it's been like so fun to see this this one number in particularly like transform in this way where it's like it just feels very much like vaudeville and um oh it's, it's very campy and it's so much fun <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> you choose the wild party this year last year you guys did xanadu very different Mm -hmm. experience fun so different Mm -hmm. this is a very different show Mm -hmm. yeah i last year i was very much like in a place where it was my first season that i was producing with the company as the new artistic director and so i wanted to really and it was like the first time in like two years that the audience had been there so i was like let's welcome them back with like something really exciting, really fun, like a disco glam party, um, (laughs) which was Xanadu. And it was like a a utopia. Like it was beautiful and so much fun. Just like see somebody whiz by on a roller skate, like what could be better? Um, And so this year I was like, well, yeah, like the same impulse where like I want to like keep coming back with like a a strong start with like a party atmosphere, like an exciting glitz and glam, because like I do think that like coming out of a pandemic and coming out of isolation, like we crave connection. Um, And so we tried to theme this season on creativity community and connection and this show particularly it is about community she does invite this group of people together um but what's underneath all of that is a lot of substance abuse a lot of violence a lot of um uh just a lot of numbing and a lot of inability Mm. to connect with people and so I I am looking at this show as like this is a little bit of like what's really going on right now in our world in our society. I do think that there's a lot of numbing and there's a lot of people that are like beneath the surface just not fully um uh connecting with people anymore and and I do think that that's very present in this show and and we see we see the results of that in in a sort of stark way in this show and I think that it proves there's there's glimmers of hope in this show that just mm. show you that there's like there there are people that like have this real genuine love, have these real connections in the show who can party and gather in like a safe and responsible way. Um, but we see other people who are who are really failing at that, really failing to connect with people because of how much they're numbing and how much they're they're abusing substances and 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 not fully connecting with people. Um, so I, I do think that this show is like our opportunity to like to have that fun experience of com- community and gathering. But underneath the sur- surface, we're really seeing like, oof, but but we have some things we need to address. Yeah. Yeah. And it was funny because I was thinking about sort of the uh, like full circle nature of choosing this particular show in the source material at this time. Mm-hmm. We're almost at the hundred year anniversary of mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. written, you know, not far after a pandemic, mm-hmm. global pandemic and um, written in this period where people are just like, Mm-hmm. you know, coming out of this pandemic and, it, and 
yeah, numbing, I'm sure. I mean, the, the loss at that mm-hmm. time was crazy. Yeah. It it feels like it has a lot of relevance. And, and the, yeah. the show at the end asks the question, Queenie asks the question without giving spoilers away, but she asks the question, like, how have we come to this? And yeah. that's like the final question of the show. And, and I know that like so many of us have been like, how have we come to this? Like, where did we go wrong? How did we fail? Like, what could we have done differently? And, and I do think the answer to the, to a lot of it is just like, you know, like, understand yourself, understand the people around you, really, really get to know people, really connect with people, really ask what people want and what they need, um, which I think is the biggest failure of the show is that no one is doing yeah. that. Um, and and we see that pretty painfully in this show. Um, and I hope that that is something that audiences are able to like take away while also getting getting that like getting that awesome experience and getting that awesome production and and seeing these really dynamic performances. I mean, I, I have a hopeful outlook on life. <laughs> um, so I hope that I'm not dragging the audience down too, too much by producing this particular show. Um, but yeah. I mean, like, it's a bleak story, but it is a fun party. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Well, Angela, thank you so much for chatting wild party with me on a, like a lovely Friday morning. I could do yes. this every day. This is great. Thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. It was a pleasure. The Wild Party at Eagle Theater runs from February 9th through 26th. For more information, visit eagletheater.org. That's theater with an R-E. If you liked this episode, be sure to give us a review, subscribe, and tell your friends. A transcript of this podcast, as well as links to related content and more about the arts in New Jersey, can be found on jerseyarts.com. The Jersey Arts Podcast is presented by Art Pride New Jersey, advancing a state of creativity since 1986. The show is co-founded by and currently supported by funds from the New Jersey State Council on the Arts, with additional support from the National Endowment for the Arts. This episode was hosted, produced, and edited by yours truly, Maddie Orton. Executive producers are Jim Atkinson and C. Stroud. Special thanks to Angela Longo. I'm Maddie Orton for the Jersey Arts Podcast. Thanks for listening. Thank you.